Well, hello and welcome to our next installment of the uh, Gateway Christian Church Roundtable Discussion. Uh, we are here today. Things look a little bit different than they normally do. Usually you're used to uh, seeing somebody from uh, online join us, but today we are particularly excited to be joined by um, a couple of our own from uh, in-house, if you will. So uh, here right to uh, my left, your right, is my lovely wife, Laura. So, Laura. Hello. And then we're also joined by, on your very far right, uh, Miss Michelle Randall, who oversees all of our children's ministries here at the church. And so, Michelle, hello, and welcome to the welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. So, all right. Well, uh, we're starting a uh, new discussion this week. Uh, ben, why don't you kind of give us a description where we where are we going today? Yeah. So, uh, Jared will have at the time you're hearing this recording delivered what I'm sure will be an excellent <laughs> sermon on the theology of family. And so because of that, we thought it would be um, wise and good to bring uh, these two on to talk about the theology of family because Michelle um, ministers to parts of your family and Laura has um, done an incredible job um, and is doing an incredible job raising a family and also has um, a uh, degree in uh, Bible. So she knows a little bit uh, more than uh, the rest of us. Um, <laughs> and so uh, we... Uh, are incredibly excited to have this discussion. So to start that off, um, let's start off with this question. Biblically speaking, what's the importance of family? Why is family important? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I'll go ahead and uh, maybe lead us in. And <clears throat> the, uh, uh, you know, one of the important things, I guess maybe the basis for family is just simply that we're in relationship. And if you want to trace this you know, all the way back to the beginning, I, you know, the first thing I think of, the first thing I go to is um, all the way back in creation in Genesis 1 and 2. And as God is creating everything and is making everything good, uh, you know, you see that repeated uh, refrain, um, every time God made something and it's good, and then yet finally uh, God comes to making man, making Adam, and for the very first time, um, God looks at his creation and says that this is not good. And not that man was, not that there was something particularly wrong with man, but um, his statement there was it's not good for man to be alone. <clears throat> and so from that uh, forms the basis of relationship. And out of that, of course, God you know, made Eve. And uh, the, the very purpose of that was that we are created to be in relationship with one another. Um, and so family, really, at its core, that's the uh, the building block of society. That's the building block of our uh, relationships. That's how we uh, live together, how we commune together, how we're in relationship with one another. And so um, biblically speaking, that, I mean, that traces all the way back to the very beginning, and that's the, that's the foundation for, um, for our living in family is, is our need for relationship. So, Absolutely. So, yeah. Either of you would like to add anything to that? I would just say one of the phrases we toss around a lot is doing life together. Mm. So sometimes you can even choose your family because mm -hmm. you're choosing who you're doing life with. And of course we have our core family, but it's, you know, who are you inviting over for those barbecues? And, and our church family is who we're choosing to do life with. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's, uh, I think one thing. That, well, I don't know how true this is, but they throw that phrase out, you know, blood is thicker than water. Mm. And then, like, somebody, you know, there was this, th I don't know, I saw it on Facebook, so it's probably not true. <laughs> but it was, like, that um, the the person who coined that phrase, and I forget who it was, but that they were actually talking that the blood of Christ is thicker than the water of the womb. Mm. And this idea that actually, and we'll get into this later, but that uh, biblically, uh, God starts to, with the church, redefine what we mean by family. 
Yeah, yeah. So. No, I think that's a really important thing to remember, um, and especially for people like like for you in your context, Ben. I mean, you're obviously you, you have mean? your your extended <laughs> family, but being uh, being an adult, but uh, being single, you know, yeah. a lot of times we talk about family, and um, I think especially for. Um, adults who are unmarried or d- who don't have kids, um, you know, the the instant temptation I think for a lot of people is just to you know check out. Oh well, family relation. All right, well that doesn't that doesn't involve me. That doesn't you know speak to my particular context. Um, mm-hmm. And yet, um, uh, you know, the the first thing we think of is our you know our nuclear family or the nuclear family unit. You know, uh, husband, wife, children, whatever. And that's very much true, and that's how God, you know, instituted family in the beginning. Um, and yet, as you kind of trace through the Bible, the, the idea of family is really much bigger than that. Um, and in fact, uh, the church, um, we'll be talking about this uh, a little bit in, on a Sunday, but um, the church is really the greater extension of the family. That's the, that's the primary metaphor that Paul uses for the church is family. That's why we, you know, we call each other brother and sister. Um, and there is a... Are you quoting the new NIV? Uh, <laughs> sure, uh, but you know that's why we—that's what we call ourselves, brother and sister. That's why you know there's this idea of this familial relationship yeah. that is extended not just in our nuclear family, but throughout the church. Um, in fact, I'll, I'll, I'm getting a little bit long-winded here, but um, you know I, I think of a couple of times where uh, you know in Jesus's own ministry, um, we talked about in John chapter two, you know the very first miracle. And uh, Jesus's mom comes to uh, Jesus and says, hey, they're out of wine. And Jesus kind of makes this you know, interesting comment. We talked about this a little bit last fall, but Jesus made this inst- interesting comment where he says, like, you know, woman, what does this have to do with me? And, you know, we kind of bristle at that, like, like oh, how do you, yeah. how do you talk to your, your mom like that? Um, that seems kind of strange. And yet, um, you know, when you go behind that, a lot of, uh, when you dig deeper in that context, a lot of what's happening there is Jesus saying, hey, I've got a greater purpose. My obedience is to my Father in heaven, um, which is, you know, why it makes more sense when you see things like people coming to Jesus and they say, hey, your mother and brothers are, are out here for you. And Jesus says, who are my mother and my brothers, but those who do the will of God. And so, um, family isn't just the nuclear family that extends also out to the to the church as well so but i think that also doesn't i think people fall into this trap where, where jesus says you know who you know who are my mother and my brothers or he goes on to say you know um anyone who doesn't hate their mother and father and then follow like right it can be easy to fall into the trap that he's actually rejecting this old testament narrative of the importance of the nuclear family right right and i think that i mean the nuclear family is still important would, absolutely would you, would you say that I mean, yeah, absolutely. Our nuclear family is very important, but our nuclear family is also ever-changing in this world. Yeah. There's there's step-families, there's, mm. you know, yeah. half-siblings, there's adopted families, so it's sort of this ever-changing uh, definition of family. And so to have a biblical understanding mm. of it is really foundational just so that we can understand the importance of community, of relationship, and, and how we all coexist uh, together and can make it through life as, as family. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't want to spend too long on this question, but maybe it would be pertinent to talk about the idea that, and you hinted at this, but um, that God started the family from the very beginning, mm-hmm. and the purpose of the family was to be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. And so God designed family as first and foremost to be this avenue by which more humans are created. Um, and that reflects going way back to the beginning of the series where we talked about the Trinity. Mm-hmm. And the Trinity is creative because the Trinity created the world. And right. God, you know, 
been it seemed like biblically God's just in the darkness and he that he just has to create so God is creative yeah and then he makes us in his image and makes us into people who create mm-hmm. and that, that can be buildings like the one that we're in now but uh, it also seems to be pretty key that we're created to create other humans through right families right um, and then that transferred to this New Testament idea of family where created to create disciples mm. that we birth people into the new kingdom through baptism and that um, the, the family of God is fruitful and multiplies by the gospel. Yeah, yeah, I think that's and, huge. Uh, that's great. And so family is inherently creative. Yeah. And, and then the, and the last thing I'll add before we move to the next question, it seems to be that the family biblically, um, and you see this in the Shema in Deut- Deuteronomy 6, and I talked about this um, a few weeks ago when I talked about the word, but that it seems to be the primary avenue through which children receive spiritual education. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that youth ministers and children's ministers are kind of supplemental in that. Yeah. Um, and so that seems to be, I guess, in my estimation, the biblical definition of family. Yeah. For me. And, and I mean, like I was saying of who you're doing life together, I mean, you're, you're influencing yeah. who you're spending time with and those people are influencing you. And so you are, you know, your nuclear family is who you're spending the most time with. That's so you're good. hoping that your kids that you're influencing your kids for Christ and who you're bringing in to your home is also influencing your kids. Mm -hmm. So that's an important choice to make when you're choosing who you're doing life with. That's that's actually really good because the people that you make your family will influence your kids. Mm -hmm. And there's this tension between, well, biblically we want to have non-Christian friends that we bring to Christ, but actually our core community, the people Mm -hmm. we're closest with, need to be people who follow and love Jesus so that they influence our family to like it. Yeah. Um, and so this next question then, the one that we're going to go to, it seems to be a turn, um, but let me, let me kind of give you the, the biblical uh, foundation for it. So it comes from uh, the book of Ephesians, which um, Jared has not yet preached the sermon as of this recording, but you're going we're to be talking there. about the passage I'm going to be referencing, right, correct? Right, right, yes. Okay. So it comes from uh, the book of Ephesians, where Paul kind of um, has a lot to say about the family, mm-hmm. but it says, um, it says this, that's Philippians. Go eat popcorn. So it's should have been more prepared. It says this: um, submit to one another. This is Ephesians uh, five twenty one. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to you, you do to the Lord. He goes on to explain that a little bit, and then says, "Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her to make her holy." Um, and goes on after that. And so there's this uh, idea in uh, Ephesians of submission. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so. Uh, when it comes to family, and um, we'll unpack Ephesians, I, I assume, in the midst of this conversation. But the first question is, why do we as American Christians not like the term submission very much? Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a great question, and I will, <clears throat> uh, I'll submit to our ladies to uh, lead us <laughs> off on this one. So. Um, I, I actually struggled with this word for a very long time, mm-hmm. um, simply because it was a worldly definition Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it made, um, I was a very independent child and wanted to do things my own way and to, so to submit and have to give up sort of that freedom Mm -hmm. and that sense of self, it felt like, Mm. um, to submit to someone else's ideas and someone else's wants, very much put a damper, it felt on my spirit. Um, so that's why it was really hard for me because I felt like once I submitted, I was going to become 
brainless. Mm. I no longer had my own choices. I was just going to follow someone else blindly. And, um, and I fought really hard against that because I didn't want to be that way because I was creative and I want to do things yeah. my own yeah. way. And yeah. that was sort of very hard for me to give up. Um, however, once you get into God's word and you study it and you learn more about what God actually expects mm. and you've redefine these words that the world has corrupted. Um, I found submission still to be a little difficult. However, I found it much easier to accept and to find freedom actually in submission. Yeah. Yeah, you you bring up something, and and, and I'll I'll let you, Laura, um, add on to that. Whatever your, uh, whatever thoughts you have on it as well. But you brought up something. <clears throat> we're not addressing this quite so much on Sunday, but I think you bring up an important point that I hadn't really thought of from my own perspective. Um, but submission, um, kind of from your perspective, as you were describing it, kind of as a loss of identity. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, we, we uh, think of it uh, usually in other terms, and I'll, and I'll let you talk about that a little bit, perhaps. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, really, it's a uh, uh, you know submission. I'm I'm completely losing myself, and man, that's a uh, that's a scary thought. Uh, yeah. I, I think so. No wonder that would be you know we'd kind of bristle against that or or, or have uh, uh, you know this negative reaction towards it. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up. So, I don't know, Laura, what would you Um, Yeah, as a woman in the 21st century, submission's a bad word, right? right? right. You know, like submission is all often thought of as being less than, Mm. that, you know, we are meant to be controlled or, you know, it's often taken in those negative connotations. And also, I mean, I think it's important to address even as ministers, um, the many women that for it, for many women, it's very scary the idea of submission because they're in a domestic violence situation yeah. where their yeah. husbands have maybe taken this verse and ran with it yeah. and are yeah. getting them to do whatever they want and controlling yeah. them. Um, and so, I mean, I think it's really important to address that, that it's scary out there for some women. Um, oh. And, you know, I too have grown up where it's like, ah, you, you know, you just kind of bristle at the word like, no, I, I, I like to be in control and I like to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And, you you know, we hear it in society mm-hmm. as a bad thing because we're fighting for equality. You know, we've spent hundreds of years where women are fighting for equality. And so, you know, you think of it, even reading it, you're like, ah. and you and you tend to see preachers will just kind of skip over it a lot of times yeah. um, and not address what does submission really yeah. mean. And so then as a Christian woman, you're, you're left just kind of wondering, well, am I being the right kind of wife? Am mm-hmm. I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? We don't, we're, we never really get that clear definition, mm-hmm. even in the Christian world of what it means. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. Yeah. Yeah, if we can go into uh, the Greek corner for a little bit. The, welcome to the Greek corner, and I'll put a little jingle in here. Um, and so uh, here's something that kind of speaks to the situation that we're talking about. So we, the passage I just read, uh, it's unfortunate that almost no English translation gets this right. So it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then it says next, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Um, it doesn't have that second submit in the Greek. And actually, in Ephesians 5, it says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ in the Greek, and the Greek says, wives to your husbands. And the assumption meaning that 
submit to one another is still in there right. and that husbands <clears throat> should submit in this in, in a similar way mm-hmm. and what so then then it begs the question that maybe submission isn't what, how we've defined it yeah um and uh and then the other thing i'll say is um submission the definition of submission changes based upon the one we're submitting to mm. nobody wants to submit to tyranny like what you talk like what you both talked about nobody wants yeah. that like and and our whole yeah. our whole country is built on not submitting to tyranny and fighting back against right, it. Right, right. But if the one that we're submitting to is not tyrannical and is good and full of grace and full of mercy and full of love, then submission becomes easy and submission becomes right. Yeah. And and that's what Jesus is. Yeah. You know, you talk about culturally our understanding of submission. And that's and that's part of the, the problem is that, um, you know, we are a culture. We've, uh, in our Western American culture, we're uh, very much a culture built on, you know, uh, independence and, you know, rebelliousness. And, you know, we're going to, you know, throw the tea overboard and, you know, forget you. We're creating our own laws and we're doing our own thing, you know. And so... Um, yeah, so we don't uh, we don't like that idea. That's not built into our cultural understanding. That's not built into our uh, our mindset. Um, and, and a lot of those things, I think, the things that we uh, the things that we uh, that rub us the wrong way about that um, actually, I think, is good. Uh, you know, when, when we say we uh, we don't like submission or we don't like that idea of submission. I think the things that we are uh, saying that we don't like. I think the Bible actually says is not right and not good as well. Um, and so we can get into more of that uh, here in a little bit. Um, but I think that's, uh, uh, the problem is not so much that uh, submission is bad. Um, I think the problem is um, some of the way we've understood submission is bad. And actually, um, I think if we dug more into it, I think the Bible would say, yep, we're on the same page here. Uh, we agree with that. So, so yeah. Yeah, and to, and to Laura's point is a kind of tag along like, um, if you're in a situation where it's dangerous and you're being taken advantage of, and even if the Bible's being used to justify it, like mm. the the Bible gives you permission and gives you uh, and actually encourages you to get out of that situation, to find safety, and to um, and to look for something something better in the church. And so there, you know, we as a church want to be a safe place for people mm. to expose that and to yeah. uh, to be a safe place for healing. Yeah, um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, so then how then, if submission doesn't mean maybe what we have taken it to mean. <laughs> here's, is, here's what submission is not. <laughs> yeah. How, how is submission actually God's design for the family? Like, what does submission actually look like? Um, and then, by extension, the church. How does submission look in the church as a fa- the family of God? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess I'll go ahead and lead off here or with this, but um, and going back to Ephesians five, that's one of the uh, you know that's not the only place where we see submission, but I think that's one of the uh, I don't know that's kind of the, the flagship uh, you know uh, scripture that we that we go to. But you know, as we mentioned there, um, uh, you know, submit to one another, and the concept in that is reciprocal. Um, this is—I uh, always thought this was kind of strange in in some versions of the Bible, and this is where uh, um, this is where reading the the big picture of the Bible and not just taking little nuggets, you know, out of out of context is important. Um, there are different versions of Scripture where they've put in kind of the the subheadings, and here's what this subject is about. Um, and I think it's unfortunate there are a number of them that place the rules for Christian households um, after verse 21. 
And so it begins with, wives, submit to your husbands. So it's, what does the Bible say about submission? And the first thing is, wives, submit to your husbands. Um, husbands, just love your wives. You know, Well, in that, that gives us a little bit of a different picture if we just begin there. But actually, Paul leads off by saying, hey, submit to one another um, out of uh, reverence for Christ. Um, and then he goes back and forth between, um, so wives, the idea is submit to your husbands, but husbands, here's what submission to your wives looks like. Um, and uh, children, submit to your fathers. Um, but fathers, here's what submission to your children looks like. Slaves to your masters. Masters, which assumed in this, you know, in the historical context is the same figure, the husband, the father, the, the master. It's assumed that we're talking about the same person here. Um, uh, here's what submission to your your uh slaves, employees, you know, whatever. Um, here's what uh, submission looks like in that context. So um, I think one of the biggest things for us to remember is that um, submission is actually this reciprocal picture where um, I am submitting to you and you are submitting to me, which I think also takes away the concept that, um, or should dispel any kind of myth that submission is about um is strictly about authority, and I'm over you, and so, uh, you know, like we think of in, you know, in a business or in military rank or, or, or things like that, um, I think that should dispel any myth that it's about authority or value or things like that, but it's actually um, motivated out of this reciprocal uh, motivation of love for one another. And so there's more things I could say um, on that, but, but I think that's one of the biggest things for us to uh, yeah. keep in mind. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know, what would you add? Actually, Ben touched on it just a minute ago about how who we're submitting, who we are submitting to, is actually uh, what the Bible. You mm -hmm. know, who are we submitting to? Not tyranny, not control, mm -hmm. not rulers, but actually God Himself. Mm -hmm. And so that is actually sort of where I see it beginning. Um, if I am truly saved by Jesus, his sacrifice for us, if I'm daily trying to be sanctified and became holy, I am submitting my life, my daily life to someone else. Hmm. And it's not a physical person, it's a heavenly person. And so if I'm submitting first to God, I almost... It, it almost makes submitting to a, a human person a little easier mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to say, you know what, I trust God above all else, and that's how I'm going to start my day. And then if I have to deal with, you know, spouses or children or, you know, coworkers or employee, you know, employers or whoever, but I already know who is really in control of my yeah. life, who yeah. really is guiding, yeah. you know, my decisions. And so... Firstly, it, it even I think it's outside of family at the start is our submission to God as a saved person is where yeah. it begins. And then as we are a part of family is where that continues. And we can see ways where, you know, reciprocal or mutual respect for one another and uh, a way of communicating with each other is is how are we able to um, take that word submission and not just push our own agenda mm -hmm. over someone else, but then to say, okay, I need to see it from your point of view. And that goes, again, beyond family, but into the church where we have disagreements about certain things, but mm -hmm. we can say, you know what, I'm going to put my own personal agenda aside, but I'm going yeah. to look at this from your perspective and, you know, sort of, 
lay down my lay down my ideas and really receive what you're trying to say to me. And so I think that's just where we can can move forward in this realm of submission is just sort of putting off our own our own pride, our Mm -hmm. own self-centeredness and saying, okay, what is what does God want from my life? How can I then uh, support my family in the best choices to move our family forward? And even how can I make the best choices um, or decisions for the church body as a whole, yeah. especially in this sort of new minister position, um, trying to take off myself and my own agenda and go, what is really, what am I really seeing? How can I really um, love and uh, respect the people around me? Yeah. And um, so that's, I again, I just think it goes beyond just submission in in a family form i think it starts first with our submission to god when we are saved yeah and philippians it says to consider others better than yourselves mm-hmm. yeah. and that's ultimately what submission is is respect for other human beings that you are submitting yourself to serve others mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think i think paul intentionally in ephesians 5 uses submit and love interchangeably I yes. think I think love is submission, and I think when uh, you talk about the marriage covenant, you submit to the covenant of marriage, and you submit to being faithful, and you submit to loving, and you submit because you do that out of love. Yeah, and you do the same thing in your covenant with God. Yeah, you love God, and you and you treasure Him, and so you uh, submit to what He wants you to do. Yeah, and actually, and we'll get into this in the next thing, uh, in the next question, but actually, Jesus, because He loves us, submitted Himself. Yes. and became less. Um, and and then there's even, uh, and this is, I guess I'm going to put on my uh, youth minister shoes or hat and say that there is an element. You can put them both on if you want. There is an element where um, in loving our kids, we are humble and submissive mm-hmm. in that we don't dominate them mm-hmm. and we yeah. don't force them. And we don't, um, as, as Ephesians uh, uh, 6 says, fathers do not exasperate your mm-hmm. children, that this idea of, um, dominating is not, and getting your getting forcing submission is not the biblical definition of submission. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm really glad that you brought that up. I, I think that's one of the key um, misunderstandings, and this is part of where we're going in the sermon, um, a, a significant part of where we're going in. But I think one of the key misunderstandings of uh, submission and why we don't like it is because we think of submission as domination or coercion or extortion or yeah. lowering other people. Uh, we even have words for it in mixed martial arts, like submission is actually right, right, someone right. It's, yeah. a, it's a picture of a struggle. Yeah. Um, it's a picture of a fight and a struggle, and one person trying to exert their strength or their power or force over another person, submitting them. Um, and yet, um, uh, even in here in this uh, Ephesians 5 uh, passage, um, if you notice as you walk through, what it does not ever say is submit others to yourself. Yeah. It's always submit yourselves to one another. Wives, submit yourself to your husbands. Husbands, submit yourself to to your wife, it's it's always a uh, it's always a choosing to submit yourself. You're never submitting another person. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, and that's the picture that we see in Jesus. You're talking about uh, really love being another word for submission. Basically, you know, Jesus uh, talks about that in the book of John where he says, greater love has no one than this, that he would lay down his life for another. Um, and ultimately, that's our that's the picture of submission. That's how Jesus shows us what submission is in Philippians chapter 2. That's how Jesus shows the husband, this is what it looks like, husband, to submit yourself, is to lay down your life uh, for your wives as Christ did for the church. And so submission, yeah, is never a an act of force or coercion or pushing somebody else down. It's submitting yourselves to lift another person up. And that's a completely different picture, a completely different picture. And so I think that's, that's incredibly key. I was going to say how you said you can, you know, use the same word, submit, love. I think you can even go one step further and and use the word respect in there as well. Yeah. Um, it says, you know, wives respect your husbands, husbands love your wives. Mm -hmm. But to me, they're one and the same. Yeah. And a lot of times in today's society, you know, the word love kind of is used for everything, right? Mm -hmm. And we kind of get lost in what I is love. I love brisket, yeah. Whatever. What does love really mean? I do love Amen. tacos, I love you too. You know, like yeah. I, it, it, and it Thanks. even, you know, like the whole idea of, love is free and everybody can love one yeah. of, you know whatever um we all know all the definitions of love but when you when you really niche down to it love is sacrificing yourself for somebody else mm -hmm. and yeah. what is respect it's sacrificing yourself for somebody else That's it's good. thinking of somebody else above yourself mm -hmm. um and so i i i like to use those same words because yeah it's really good yeah. You know, it, and this will lead us into the next question. It kind of, um, it's interesting how often our thoughts about God lead us into our thoughts about what love is. Mm -hmm. um, and this isn't the case for everybody who believes believes this, but I found that the people who um, usually believe in a domination form of submission mm. believe in a God who dominates us. And so they often will believe in a God who forces salvation, who forces um uh is a forceful domination god yeah yeah and um and, and not everybody who believes that god um not every calvinist who believes who believes that is a person who um is out of control when it comes to submission but often i found that the people who who do believe in a god who is forceful and mm -hmm. dominant and, and god never does that God never forces people to follow him. God is patient and God is kind and God longs for people to come to him just as in our submission we should long uh, for people to um, mutually love and submit and respect mm -hmm. us, but we never force them to. Mm -hmm. um, and so that leads us into the next question then. How does submission to one another reflect God's glory? Yeah, yeah. Um. If I could, I'll go ahead and um, kind of kick off there. But fine. Uh, um, <coughs> thank you for your permission. Uh, uh, no, I think uh, one of the things that uh, is, I think, key in this. So you know, go back to um, Genesis chapter one, uh, Genesis chapter one and two. Um, we're, we're created in the image of God and, uh, you know, talking about living in community and, and whatnot. Um, and God, I, I think that's the first instance where we see this kind of language. Um, uh, you know, so it's that God said, let there be light and let there be this and let there be that. 
And then all of a sudden, when he's talking about humanity, he says, let us make man in our own image for the first time. And you see this um, kind of this Trinitarian picture there, not in expressly clear terms, but, um, but you know, we see it there. Uh, and so the fact that we're created in the image of God, God is triune in his nature. God himself is in relationship. Um, now, but I think there are some incredibly, uh, sometimes hard to grasp. They bring up some different theological struggles sometimes. But, um, but when we look at God in Trinity, um, we see how, and this is, this is kind of crazy, but we see how God in the three persons of the Trinity actually submits to himself. Um, which is kind of weird, um, but you see Jesus, who we recognize, we talked about this in week you know, three of our, uh, of our series here. Uh, but uh, so Jesus the, you know, is God himself. He is God in the flesh. And yet Jesus says things like, I don't say anything unless you know, the Father tells me to do this. I don't do anything except uh, you know, what the Father tells me to do. You know, his prayer in uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, he is saying, you know, uh, if you can take this cup away from me, okay, but not my will, but yours be done. And so Jesus is submitting himself, even though he's God, um, but yet Jesus is submitting himself to the Father. And then yet, what does the Father do? We go back to that um, passage of uh, Philippians chapter 2, and it says that God raised him to the highest place, and God gave him all authority. God, you know, put everything under his feet in the Great Commission. Um, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And so you've got Jesus who's saying, I submit to the will of God the Father, and you've got God the Father who's saying, I'm giving all authority to Jesus and putting everything under his feet. Um, and then you have Jesus also who's saying, hey, uh, I need to go away. It's better for you that I leave because, hey, there's something even better for y'all. I mean, I know it's been cool and, you know, feeding the 5,000, all these, you know, crazy things. But there is something even better for you than uh, me being here with you. And that is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to indwell all of you. And that is so much better for you. It's better that I go so that the Spirit can come. And so Jesus submits himself to the Spirit. And then what does the Spirit do? The Spirit leads us back to Christ and points us towards him. And so you see this um, in this Trinitarian um, Godhood, uh, God, the Godhead, you, you see this mutual submission even there. And so um, I, I think when we um, exercise true biblical submission to one another, we're reflecting God's glory um, by submitting to one another. And that's even where Paul goes here in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, you know, um, he's saying, well, you know, husbands and wives, and this is what it looks like, but um, just as, you know, and then he relates that picture back to Christ and the church. And so our, our families and our submission is to be a reflection of God's glory. So that was a long-winded answer, but anyway, there you go. So where, where that's what I would it? say. So <laughs> I apologize to my wife. Yeah, thank you. Would you, would you two add anything to that? Um, I would say, like, when I think of the glory of God, and a lot of us, I think, would think, um, you know, Jesus as God, Jesus as the King of Kings. Um, and like you were saying, you know, sometimes we can get this idea of a king who's dominating hmm. um, or you know we think of the hero that's going to come one day riding on his white stallion um, and yet we see Jesus who is washing the disciples feet mm -hmm. and we see um, you know we see he, or he's touching the leper we see mm -hmm. where he's actually serving people we see him sweating drops of blood and sacrifice about to go to the cross for us yeah. where he is submitting mm -hmm. himself for us yeah and to me that's the ultimate glory of god mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is that submission of 
being a servant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, I think I got a, exactly what you're talking about in Philippians 2, where he actually, God's Jesus' glory that's is him favorite. emptying himself mm-hmm. of his glory. Yeah. That his glory is him emptying himself of his glory. And, uh, and so how do we reflect the glory of God in the church? We empty of ourselves of our glory, yeah. of our position, of our power, of our... Uh, here we go. I'm going to put my hat on of uh, uh, getting fired. Um, <laughs> uh, of actually age. And, and, yeah. and, and, uh, and while we respect our elders and things like that, that actually your age does not get you authority over people. Yeah. Um, your uh, popularity does not get you authority over people. Your uh, nothing. Title. Your title, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. like uh, our titles as pastors and ministers. Yeah. Like we we empty ourselves. Yeah. To love other people, and we reflect the humility of Jesus in submission. Yeah. Now, there's this other element of. If we're actually emptying ourselves, then we're sub- we're submitting. If we're talking about the church to church leadership, yeah, yeah. And so there, that means that you uh, you don't use the the idea of well, pastor, you should be submitting, so you need to listen to. Actually, no, Janice. Like we don't need to be <laughs> listening. We don't have anyone in the church named Janice. Do we have Do anyone we? in the church named I Janice? I, <laughs> I hope not. <clears throat> and if there is a Janice, Janice, I'm sorry. Um, but this idea of. Uh, God has placed, and, and it's hard for me to say this as, as someone who is in that position, but God has placed leaders and pastors and teachers and ministers in their proper positions um, to lead the church and then expects people to, um, as long as they are in line with God's word and God's revelation and the love mm-hmm. of Christ, to follow yeah. and to not be combative in the midst of that. Um, and the church still exists to correct and teach like the, the Bible exists and the church to, to correct and help and help believe. Yeah. And that's why we vote on things here sometimes. And that's why we, you know, vote in the leaders and teachers that we have, but that there, there does need to be a submission to the direction that uh, leaders and elders and pastors mm-hmm. and, and teachers have for the church. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any other additions to that before no, we move on to the next one. We don't take that lightly either. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone here at this table or, or yeah. here yeah. at this church takes our, our leadership position except to James. say, except, <laughs> except um, <laughs> you know, to say we want to have this control or this, you know, domineering. We don't. We right. we all try to, again, listen in love and, and speak in love so that we can yeah. further God's further God's glory, which is yeah. the building of his kingdom. So we don't take that lightly, guys, I yeah. promise. Yeah. It's more like... You know, we've used the term the shepherd and their flock. Mm. You know, we're we're just trying to guide and make sure yeah. they're everybody's protected, mm-hmm. just like yeah. a shepherd would his <coughs> sheep. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. in light of all these truths, yeah. getting back to the core of what we're talking about, how do we use this idea of mutual submission, of love, and of uh, respect when we're talking about ministering to our families? Yeah. And I guess... It, put into a proper definition our nuclear families or the the families that we sure. have in in, sure. in in our homes yeah specifically people you're living with right now yeah um <clears throat> you know the first thing that i think of um uh, this is from a practical perspective and yet this isn't quite practical because it, it looks um it expresses itself in different ways for each you know individual family context but um i think the primary thing is that um 
uh, we think and act towards um, what is good for the other members of our family. You know, this is our, our families don't exist uh, for our own um, pleasure or for our own service or whatever. Um, but we are to act in uh, uh, on behalf of the good of the other members of our family. Um, and now I, th- I think also I would say there's a, uh, there's a little bit of a danger in this, um, and especially now um, one of our uh, I think one danger in our current cultural context, especially in you know suburbia and all this kind of thing, is you will see um, oftentimes parents who. Um, and I'm a little bit tentative in, in, in saying this, but will basically give up everything um, for the sake of their children, thinking that, you know, by doing this for my children, I'm doing what's in their best interest or, do, interest or doing what's good for them. And so um, you have this loss of identity, which is kind of, you know, what you were talking about at the beginning. You have this loss of identity, and um, it's a constant, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provide every last thing for my child. I'm going to, you know, every day of the week is going to be some extracurricular thing or, or whatever. Um, and, you know, you go to these, uh, you know, extreme cases, but um, we do things thinking, oh, I'm, I'm whatever makes my child happier, whatever, I'm sacrificing myself for their good. Um, when reality, um, that's not always acting in, you know, what is the best interest of the other people of our family. You know, my kid could come to me and say, um, you know, Daddy, I want, you know, the ice cream for dinner or, you know, you know chocolate only or, or something like that. Um, well, I have to know, I have to exercise wisdom uh, to know this is not good for my child. And, you know, caving everything, you know, whatever it takes to make my child happy or whatever isn't always um, acting in uh, submission to their good. Uh, you know, uh, submitting to their wants and desires isn't the same thing as submitting to their good and what's good for them. And so, um, and so ministering to our family doesn't always mean what's make, what makes them happy, but I think usually it's as we are led by the truth of God's Word and as we are led by the Holy Spirit and walking in God's grace, we do what we understand to be um, the best for each other in the family as God defines it. And so... That's, I, I think that's where I would, where I, my starting point. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, but I don't know, what, what do y'all, what would you all add to that or take away from it? Uh, kind of on the same point, you know, there's this elevation of children sort mm-hmm. of in our society. Um, but also, I think it's sort of in a few marriages that I've, I've been in contact with, sometimes observing them and going, it's not always about, um, yourself either mm-hmm. you know i i work this job and i do this um hobby because this is what i want with disregard to the rest of your family yeah. and it's really sort of we go back to that word respect or mm-hmm. or, or mutual um agreement or, or decision making because to filter everything through who is this good for mm-hmm. And to say, you know, a date night is good for our marriage. Mm-hmm. Hey, and a, for our kids, and for our kids. <laughs> yeah. And hey, a an extracurricular is good for our kids because that's their interest. But they don't need seven. Yeah. Yeah. You know, right, every right, night right. of the week, yeah. they don't need seven. Yeah. We could do maybe one, and then maybe next season we'll try another. Mm-hmm. You know, being really intentional about how we live and being intentional about how we structure our family. Yeah. Um, 
and and trying to fight against that that culture mm-hmm. can be hard yeah. because people look at you like you're weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, our our children are involved in things, and sometimes we go, no, we just start doing one one mm-hmm. um, sport right now, and they're like, oh, my kid's in three. I'm like, that's too that's much exhausting. for us. <laughs> and that's I just I'm just very honest. I'm going, well, that's too much for us. Mm-hmm. You know, my husband lives or works out of town, and so he has a longer commute, yeah. and we can only commit to one activity per child per season. We have school responsibilities too, and I think once we try to cram all that in then where where do we even have time for God? Yeah. If all mm-hmm. we're doing is cramming our kids and in, in ourselves, mm-hmm. I like this hobby, I have this interest, mm-hmm. I have this group of friends, not bad, but once they can all consume our time, then yeah. where do we find time for God? Yeah. And so I think it really becomes with what's our priority within mm-hmm. our families. And this can start as a single person in preparation for family. This can start with uh, married couples who don't have children yet. It's just where do you have your priorities? And our priority, number one, should be God's word and and in submission to him first. And so I hopefully want to encourage everyone to to take something out of that. It's just let's, let's reassign our priorities. And if God truly has saved us, as one of his children, family word there, children, his mm-hmm. children, what what do we want to prioritize within our life? Yeah. 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 One of my favorite verses is, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Yes. Yeah. That should be our priority. And it starts from day one when, you mm-hmm. know, your kids are little before they can even talk, they're signing please and thank you. Um, you know, they're apologizing when they throw a temper tantrum or hit each other. You know, they're, you're, Getting them to eat. What's We're still on their working plate. on our children apologizing when they hit each other. But. Yeah, it's it's a work in progress. <laughs> Always. Uh, you know, you you get them to eat the the food on their plate because it's out of respect for the person that prepared it. Like you, you're doing all these little things day by day, teaching them respect for one mm-hmm. another, teaching yeah. them respect for other people and for authority. Mm-hmm. So that hopefully one day they grow up to be respectful adults mm-hmm. who are serving each other and not domineering in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, authoritative society that we live in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Like, what is our priority? It's not, and it's not that baseball is a bad thing. No. It's no. not that ice cream is a bad thing. No. It's, you know, the boundaries <laughs> that we set in place as parents are important for yeah. our family. So I don't get to answer this question from experience, but that's okay because uh, Paul doesn't get to answer this question from mm. experience. That's right. Um, and yeah. so uh, Ephesians Ephesians five, I, I jump back into it and I and I and I see this. Um, and, and maybe it's important to mention this because I don't know that we've mentioned it, uh, and I don't want you to think we're skipping over scripture. So it says submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, and then it says wives, and then I'm going to take this word out because the Greek doesn't have it in it. Wives to your own husbands as to you do as you do to the Lord. And then it says this for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church's body of which he is the savior. So there is this biblical idea of husband husbands having headship, right? Mm-hmm. And well, what does that mean? Well, it means that uh, the husband acts like Jesus to his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it means that uh, the husband uh, loves Jesus like his family. But the point, it seems, of wives um, submitting in this mutual submission is to actually um, enable and, and create space and then encourage their husbands to act like Jesus. Mm to be like Jesus, so that Jesus is revealed and shown to the family. Mm. The same way husbands love your wives, 
just as Christ loved the church. Why? To be a picture that reveals Jesus. Yeah. This mutual submission is to reveal Jesus. And it says, children, obey your parents and the Lord for, for this is right in Ephesians 6, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that you may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Why? To continue to reveal the true image and picture of Jesus. And then fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord so that they can know Christ. The whole point mm-hmm. of submission in the family is so that people can know Jesus. Yeah. Like the whole point, and this is again uh, going to irritate people. The whole point of you raising your kids is to not raise happy and healthy kids or happy or healthy adults. The whole point of you raising your kids is that they may know Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if that's not your goal, if your goal is to make them happy and content, then put them in six sports. Mm-hmm. But if your goal is to make them to be like Jesus, then orient your life around what the church is doing and orient Absolutely. your life around the Word of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's what Paul says, and I think that's what I say too. So, um, <laughs> well, you're in good company then. Yeah. Yeah. Two single guys are going to school you on what it means to be a family, I guess. Yeah. So um, then how then do we live out God's example of submission in the church? Mm-hmm. So talk about family, how do we do it at the church? Yeah. I'll start, I'll start this off. Yeah, yeah and, go for uh, it. Well, in, in this, for the sake of brevity in wrapping this up, um, because I don't know how long we're in right now, but we're going we're gonna to try and wrap it up. Um, I, I just kind of have four main ideas. The first is, Everybody submits to Jesus. Yeah. The, the, the reality is, is that in the church, pastors, teachers, leaders, the person who attends, the, the kids, the, everybody submits to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that means we always do what Jesus wants us to do. And that means we always love each other, always respect each other, always honor each other. The second is this. We always submit to God's word. And that means yeah. that even in the parts that we don't like, mm-hmm. even when it talks about the sexual ethic in a way that we don't like, even when it talks about uh, divorce in a way that we don't like, even when it talks about um, money in a way that we mm-hmm. don't like. We always submit to God's word. The third is this. Um, we always uh, we submit biblically to leadership. The elders set the pace and tone of the church. And then underneath them, the uh, ministry staff, the ministers, the pastors um, have been appointed by God and by the elders to lead. And so we submit. And, um, and so we always submit to leadership. Um, as long as that leadership is underneath and living according to and leading according to God's word yeah. and what God has revealed. And then all, and then finally, we always submit in humility. Mm-hmm. So we always submit um, knowing that it's not about us. It's never going to be about us. It's about the one we're designed to worship. Yeah. And so that's, I think, my sum- summary of what what uh, submission looks like in, in the church. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, th- I think so uh, as well. And and you know, really, we've kind of talked about this a little bit, and we could have talked a lot lot more about how the picture of the church family is a mirror of the you know picture of the nuclear family, and both of those reflect the glory of God in yeah. in very similar ways. Um, and so one thing I, I think you kind of touched on, but I w- want to make you know more clear is you know we submit to um, the church authority, um, but we also recognize that our for all of us our first and primary um, authority and submission is to Christ, and so we submit to church authority. Uh, you know, Paul says, "Follow my example." as I follow Christ. Um, you know, we submit to uh, the headship of the husband as the husband is submitting himself to Christ. Same thing in the church. Because um, this is where I think some people kind of, uh, you know, bristle a little bit too, is, you know, well, am I just supposed to do whatever this authoritarian figure, you know, says or whatever? No, our first and foremost, um, uh, you know, allegiance um, and submission is to Christ. And so um, we submit to the church leadership 
as they are submitting to Christ. If those things differ, our first allegiance is to Jesus. Um, and so I think it's important for us to uh, remember when we're submitting, what is it that we're submitting? Who is it that we're submitting to? And what is it that we're submitting? Um, and we have to differentiate between, um, you know, uh, when we're submitting to others. Um, I think one of the one of the key things in the church um, is we have to recognize the difference between um, submitting to what is true. Um, God's word is our first uh, allegiance, um, but uh, but also what our preferences and our desires are. Sometimes, unfortunately, we mix those things up. We can talk about, you know, style of worship. We can talk about color of the carpet or things like that. And and churches have had lots of disagreements about, well, you know, this is how it should be. When real, when reality, we're talking about personal preferences here. We're not talking about the truth of God's word. Um, you know, we stand firm on the truth of God's word, and we submit ourselves to Christ um, first and foremost. Um, but then when it comes to matters of preference and things like that, that's where it it's much easier for us to submit to one another because in reality, it doesn't matter what the color of the carpet is. If you like blue and I like red or, you know, whatever it is, um, I can submit my preferences to um, the church leadership, but recognizing that um, our first authority or that our main authority is Christ and his word, and that's the truth on which we stand. Yeah. So, And red carpet will always be tacky. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I'm not. Yeah, that's, you're, you're very correct. <laughs> I, I guess more of a practical example of, of submission is I think of uh, when we serve or when opportunities mm -hmm. to serve come up. Yeah. And um, and it can feel uh, uncomfortable sometimes to uh, hear a need and just think, well, I don't I don't want that's not me. Mm. That's not that's not what I do. That's mm. not who I am. But maybe stepping out in that and, and saying, you know what, maybe I'll give it a try. Yeah. Maybe I'll listen to this request and step out in faith. And maybe maybe you might like working with kids. Wink. Um, <laughs> uh, but I just think sometimes we feel like, well, that's someone else's job. Mm -hmm. That's someone else's talent. And yet... Maybe it's yours yeah. and you just haven't tried it yet. And so sometimes even if it's serving at a soup kitchen, I don't, you know, maybe it is helping with kids. Maybe it's trying to use your musical talent on stage, whatever it is, but take that step out and mm -hmm. say, you know what, Lord, I submit to your will and you've given me this, this gift or this talent and I want to use it to further glorify you. Yeah. And so to use sort of submission in the church to hopefully grow our faith and to grow our confidence in the talents that he's given us so that we can maybe reach someone who we haven't reached before yeah. and to take take that next step in service uh, to God. Yeah, very good, very good. Well, uh, I don't know if there's anything else any of you would like to add before we uh, kind of wrap things up or if you all feel good, so. All right, well, um, this uh, next Sunday, be expecting me to make an attempt to talk about missiology, which is uh, the mission of God and what God's mm -hmm. trying to accomplish in the world, and kind of wrap up this sermon series. Yep, yep. And uh, so, which has been uh, fun for us. Hope that yeah. you guys have uh, enjoyed it. We've got one more week to go, and uh, we're looking forward to that. But uh, yeah. until then, um, I'm Jared. I'm Laura. I'm Ben. I'm Michelle. And this has been another roundtable discussion. We'll see you on Sunday, church. Love you.